Hi, I'm Chris Bober, and welcome back to the Bober Academy Football Podcast. This, of course, is brought to you by the Bober Academy, where our mission is to train and develop superior alignment to dominate on the gridiron. Now, if you are listening to this in a podcast, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way, it's at the top of your list, and you get notified of all the new episodes that we do. We do a lot of fun stuff. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the little button down at the bottom to subscribe to our page and also the notification bell so you are notified. And then, of course, if you're watching this anywhere on social media, we'd love to hear your comments. Please follow our pages, retweet, like, all that stuff we do on social media. Help us get the message out about offensive line play. So we are continuing our Building Alignment series. I know it's kind of long this offseason, but we're getting closer and closer to football season. You know, we started off in January with the feet being connected to the ground and the knees and the hips and the core and back. And we're working our way up the body to the shoulders. So we are joined by Nolan Clausen. Nolan's a movement specialist at Midwest Movement in Elkhorn, located right there in the heart of Elkhorn. And their, their theory is, or their mission, excuse me, that what they like to say, their motto is, if it hurts, we can help. So Nolan, welcome to the podcast. Um, so today we're going to talk about shoulders. And shoulders are such a big deal for offensive linemen. And I, the way I like to say it is, you know, as offensive linemen, our weapons are in our hand and shoulders, right? Sometimes the head's involved a little bit. But connecting that shoulder, that extremity of the arm to the body is so important. And tell us a little bit about kind of how the shoulders work. I think we have a misconception of shoulders a lot out there, right? Um, I do know shoulders are, are very, very important. Tell us, tell us how they work and how they're applied to football. All right. Uh, so just start off quick anatomy. Uh, basically the shoulder is one of the most unique joints in our body um, because like your legs and um, everything is connected to the actual uh, part of your body. Whereas in the shoulder, you have one little bony attachment and it's this little AC joint right here. And you hear a lot of uh, players that blow that AC joint, right? Um, uh, kind of a mark amongst my friends is, does yours raise up? If it doesn't raise up, you never hit anybody hard enough. Kind of a thing. <laughs> I've, heard my, I've heard my AC joint, I know. Yep. Uh, so I would guess that a large majority of the players out there have separated their AC joint at one point. Right. And that's just because it is the a very, very small bone on bone attachment that's supposed to attach this big weapon that we use in the football game to the rest of our body. But what is really unique about it is you can kind of see I got drawn up right here. This shoulder blade is attached to the rest of our body or the ribs, and it floats over that rib cage, but it's attached by a ton of different muscles that keep that shoulder in place so that we're able to move, uh, give and blow forces, absorb forces, things like that. And so if it's all musculature, we have to make sure that those muscles are one, strong enough, two, that they're coordinating well with each other and they're doing the, the right thing. Um, so we always uh, kind of use the analogy that our shoulders, um, most people's shoulders that are injured are like cannons or uh, uh, a cannon shooting out of a canoe right so if you shoot a cannon out of a canoe it's going to create a lot of ripples in the water it's not going to be very effective um, the force of blowing that cannonball forward is going to be absorbed by the canoe going backwards quite often so what we kind of talk about is we want to build aircraft carriers for that shoulder blade 
so that that cannon can fire off, not create any ripples in the water and be the most effective that it needs to be. Um, a very common injuries that we see other than the AC joint is rotator cuff tears and labrum tears, right? And so one of the common things that you see in rehab setting is everybody doing their band exercises, getting their rotator cuff muscles warmed up. I see it in the weight room all the time. I see it post-op. I see it all the time. They're sitting here just doing these band exercises. Well, if we know what those rotator cuff muscles do, we probably wouldn't want to train them like that, right? So the rotator cuff muscles, and I think everybody can see this fairly well. Basically, we have muscles. There's four muscles that attach to the, make this shoulder joint uh, stable. There's two in the back and two in the front. Those are your rotator cuff muscles. And they are there just to support this glenohumeral joint, the actual shoulder joint, and make that socket deep so that it can move and do all these things, but not pop out of place, right? Those, those aren't your, like your pack or your shoulder, like the big muscles are they, they're really, they're underneath. They're really small, right? Yep. Yep. And their, their sole job is just to make sure I have this golf ball drawn on a tee, right? Their sole job is just to make sure that that golf ball does not fall off the tee. Okay. Um, and so when people train those shoulder muscles to do motion, right? Mm, stretching. Yeah, they're not really, they're not really doing the function of those muscles. So um, one thing is like you can ditch those exercises unless you're in a post-surgical or rehab case, like they're not great exercises for the shoulder joint. So one of the best exercises for the shoulder muscles or those uh, rotator cuff muscles or farmer's carries uh, hanging from a bar, um, things like that, because they're, they're doing their job and making sure that uh, that socket is very, very stable. But so before we can get to training or rehabbing this shoulder joint, we have to make sure that this scapula is adhered to our rib cage very 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 well we got to make sure that it is that aircraft carrier right so we got to make sure all these muscles that take the shoulder blade and attach it to our rib cage and our spine and like that that they are working really really well so one way that you can tell if somebody has maybe dysfunction of that shoulder blade is if they uh get on all fours and they rock back and forth and they'll start to see that weaning of the scapula. I can't really do it. I do a lot of exercises trying to prevent that. Uh, but I see it very often in the high school student, um, quite often in volleyball players and things like that, overhead activities. Um, but it's, it is common in football players because uh, we, we tend to, uh, get maybe a little loose in the weight room with um, the correct position before we do like a bench or a, a curl or like all these beauty, beauty making exercises, right? So one of the things I like to tell people is make sure the shoulders are set. Basically roll those shoulders back and down and then do your exercises, right? 
So these muscles here, kind of like those muscles in the glenohumeral joint or the actual shoulder joint, their job is to hold everything in place. So if we're doing a lot of, say we're doing bicep curls and we're like kind of swinging and the shoulders are all over the place or we're doing bench press and we're like rounding the back and doing all these crazy motions, basically we're just training those muscles to not do what they're supposed to do. So get those shoulders rolled down in a way and start getting them to adhere to the, the rib cage. So what do you think, um, you know, you got, you're taught, you want to be, have a big bench press, right? I mean, that's, right. that's what they measure. And right. I feel like, um, all my life training and what I see kids doing these days and even in bodybuilders and stuff is they're, they're doing so much with their chest, but that seems to me like it's kind of pulling up and away. If your stability is your, is what you want your shoulder, your shoulder joint to have, you know, what's the ratio? You mean, should I, I, should you do like twice as many back exercises as chest yeah. exercises? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when we uh, have athletes, I always suggest a two to one ratio of pulling exercises versus pushing exercises. And that even comes into vertical pushing or horizontal pushing, right? So we want twice as many vertical pulls and horizontal pulls as we have vertical pushes or vertical or horizontal pushes, right? Um, kind of like you said, uh, everybody has been focused on the bench press, like in the combine, they do the 225 max rep thing. Um, and I know this doesn't really pertain too much to the offensive line, but, uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of just like burst everybody's bubble on all these metrics in the combine, um, when he was going through it, right. His, uh, 225 was, I, I want to say like eight or nine reps or something like that. I don't, I, I can't remember, but he was like one of the lowest running backs out there and everybody's like, Oh, this guy is, he's going to be terrible. Well, I mean, he kind of disproved that. Right. And one of the, uh, it came out later, his trainer was talking about like the bench press doesn't matter in his specific skill set. Right. Yes. He has to block and do all these things, but if he has strong shoulders and a strong back, like uh, it doesn't really matter how, how much force he needs to go here. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about like a, a, a combine rep scheme with 225, right? Like when on the football field, are you doing that slow like that? Everything is violent. Right. And it's one reps, right? It's not like, Yes, in the pack, pass block, you're doing multiple, but it's not 25 reps of that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's interesting because, um, in fact, when you bench press, you have your elbows out and you're pressing like this, and right. that's actually the weakest position. So when I look at shoulders for linemen, I feel like shoulders are used, to, obviously, to press and strike, but also for stability. So many times you're, you know, you're not as much punching as you're like placing your hands very heavily right. and you're kind of trying to hold them here. And I teach my guys to keep their elbows attached to their rib cage because that's the strongest place. If you put your, your arm out, you know, your arm out here and you push, you're not very yeah. strong. If you push it in here and they try to move, then you're super solid. But yeah. how can linemen train to be both strong and stable what are some things that they can do as they prepare for that and then in addition to that is it worth training with some um 
with some width in your elbows and stuff. So in case you do get in those, those vulnerable positions, what, what do you recommend for linemen? Um, so there's a huge emphasis on bar movements because that's what they do in the combine. Um, I'm a huge, huge proponent of single arm or single leg exercises, right? So there's a lot of times where you're going to just be out here with one arm pushing, right? If we're connected to a bar, like that strength doesn't really matter. There's often never times where both of our hands are hitting simultaneously where they're creating that pressure. Yes, sometimes in blocking, but more than likely it's here than wrap or like on a on a uh, pulling block or something like that, right? Or yep. striking with one hand. So if we can do like single dumbbell exercises, right? So try this next time you guys are at the gym, anybody out there, if you just do one dumbbell and you're not holding the other, you're just doing one, I guarantee you you're going to have more of a core workout than you are going to have a, a, a pec uh, workout. So doing that, like we're integrating the core and getting that training a little bit better, right? So one, drop the bar, switch to dumbbell, kettlebell, things like that, where we have to just use one arm. And then there's a stability component with that, right? So with the bar, it's stable because you got two hands and there's a lot more stability in it. With one kettlebell or a dumbbell, you have to control that thing the whole way. There's a lot of work that is going on when you're controlling it. So it kind of talks about what we were talking about here. We're training that shoulder joint and those rotator cuff muscles to stay stable while we're uh, while we're doing that exercise. Well, and even if you do have to test with the bar, if you're doing it one-handed, the bar should be no problem. Like that, that's yeah. building a base to make your straight bar bench um, even more strong than it would be if you didn't yeah. train that core. You'll probably get farther faster. Um, but it's just not a good practice to be in there because that's just not a very realistic situation. Yeah. And we talked about this when we talked about leg stuff. And uh, basically they did that study where they took a group of athletes where they um, just did bar squats. And then the other group of athletes did like single leg stuff. And after an eight week period, the group that did single leg had bigger strength gains than the group that just did the bar work, right? So it's that stability component. You give somebody more stability, they're gonna be stronger, right? So um, I I do really try to throw out um, bar work with uh, a lot of my athletes. Um, now, granted, I'm not taking out like hang cleans and things like that because some of those m movements are really important to some of these programs, um, and so they gotta they gotta learn how to do it. They shouldn't touch it the first time when they're in college or something like that. Um, another exercise that I love to do. So what we're going to do is basically we're going to start working those shoulder blade muscles. So we're going to get a band and I got this fancy band that's got two loops, but you can take another band and just have one loop, or you could take a band and just go right here and just collapse it with your Any kind of band to hold between your hands. Yep. And anyways, what we're going to do is you're going to get your elbows, uh, up against that wall. And you're going to push your spine away, almost like you're rounding your back, pushing your heart away. Then you're going to walk one by one, just going up until you feel like you can't go anymore. I can tell you right now I have a lot of um, pressure in my back. And then you walk right back down. 
keeping this band stretched apart. Mm. And if I can tell you that will kill you. If you do five or six walk-ups, you're yeah. all back here is just going to be on fire. And I love getting those muscles fatigued before we do a workout. Mm -hmm. um, and I say fatigue because I think a lot of people stop too soon in their warmups and are not warmed up enough. Um, another exercise, this is going to be a little more difficult. Um, hopefully I can get this to stay back there. But basically, um, you get the point. If you have a band or something attached to something above your head, and then you're going to do what we call face pulls. Yeah, we just call them face pulls. This it gets you like kind of upper back and neck and keeping your elbows up and just pulling it like this. Yep. And you can even right. do this on a cable, right? You yep. Yep. And so you kind of did it and I did it when I was just watching myself do that. When we do any of this stuff, and we'll talk about neck, I think. At some oh, way, yeah. That'll be right for the season. We want to make sure that we don't do this, oh. right? We want to keep that head in a stable position and pull back. Okay. Um, yep. Right, and so that goes with anything and we'll talk about this later, but make sure your head's in a good position. And I'm sure you'll talk about that with linemen too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so get in those good training habits, but those two exercises I believe are crucial, um, and very, very good effective ways of getting that, that shoulder primed and ready for everything that we do. So, so it's interesting. We're talking about shoulders. And if, if someone would have said, we're going to talk about shoulders today, you know, they would think, okay, we're going to show us all kind of like shoulder lifts and presses and stuff to do. But everything we've talking about is like the stability part of our shoulders, like, right. you know, creating that scapula stability in the back and the front and those small muscles that support your shoulders. Um, so your recommendation is to do those first independently lifted weights or bands to create that stability. But is there, once you kind of get that base and you get that warm up, what kind of shoulder exercise do you like to do if they want to like, you know, lift some weights and, and stuff like that? Um, so those band exercises for weights. Um, but like when we're doing shoulder exercises, again, single arm, single leg uh, stuff. So uh, doing a half kneeling. So you're uh, kneeling on one knee, Mm -hmm. And that same knee that you're kneeling on, you're going to do presses up and keep everything close to the body. Train it right, right? Yep. Um, and if you do it with one, you're going to have enough stability right here that you have to control it. Even if you get in bad positions out on the football field, your body is going to be like, nope, pull that back in. Um, if you train those good positions, it'll uh, help tremendously. The other thing is um, I see a lot of people doing – these shoulder exercises mm. they're really really good bodybuilding shoulder arm, arm lifts all you're doing is lifting your arm up straight either yeah. in front of you or on the side yeah um i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of those especially in athletes mm -hmm. um they look good they make your shoulders look really really good um but if you're going to do those get light weights um and just have a lot of control with that right uh let's not just fly up i see a lot of people like doing exercises like this if you walk into a gym you're gonna see some some gym bro lifting up on his toes trying to get that arm up there um there's no point in really doing those um is there anything to like um i remember we we did when we used to lift with the giants we had this this 
circuit we did and some of them were to actually lift get, we had to do pull-ups with our with our and get our elbows up above our shoulders and what they kind of found out was by doing that you're actually putting yourself in more of a dangerous position we had some yeah. guys with shoulder injuries so would you say it's like common to say that you really don't want to put weight or a ton of stress putting your elbow anything above your shoulder right uh so those are upright rows yeah um they found out that upright rows are more detrimental than they are good right just like you said um kind of like what we were talking about like there is just one little bony spot right here we put the most stress right there right and if like how often do we do this in a football game right it's, it's very very rare it's more here and if anything it's just here it's not lifting like this mm -hmm. like i don't see a, like maybe some people like giving a forearm shiver but um it's, it's just like a repetitive motion that um might have uh less returns on investment um, yeah that's what showed. we had a bunch of guys with shoulder injuries and they we stopped that um yeah. so one last question before we kind of wrap it up here is what about flexibility in your shoulders is there a benefit to stretching your shoulders and how would you properly do that um yes uh so with any joint in our body um or our body in general i am a huge fan of mobility over flexibility right mm -hmm. so whether your joint can move in a desired range of motion versus whether your muscle can stretch there right our joints tell our muscles what to do right and if our joints aren't moving correctly then it's going to tell our muscles to tighten down and things like that so uh, I call these controlled articular rotations and I'm gonna tilt the camera down just a little bit. So one thing that we can do is we're gonna create a fist with our non-working hand. And we're gonna put that right by our side. And we're gonna try to quiet all the other joints in our body other than the working joint, right? So what we're gonna do, we call these controlled articular rotations. You're gonna bring your arm up once you get to the very, very top, I'm gonna, so you can see my hand. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna rotate it as far as I can one way and bring it straight back. Try to reach as far back as I can. Wow, that's impressive. And come back. And then we're gonna go back and reverse it. And so basically what we're doing is just I always say we're trying to create a salad bowl range of motion versus a shot glass range of motion. Mm -hmm. So uh, like if you had a stick in a shot glass, it only can move this far. Because mm -hmm. if you have a salad bowl, you got all this range of motion. And really what we're doing when we do those exercises um, is we are just telling our brain, hey, I want to move in this range of motion um, and you're not letting me right now. But if I stay consistent with moving through that range of motion, your brain will eventually say, all right, you've uh, you pushed me enough. I'll start opening up that range of motion enough so that you can move into it. Uh, nice. That, that's that's good stuff. So, um, you know, to recap, we, we talked about the strength in our shoulders still comes. I mean, it's like football, right? You build from the inside out. You know, you go from the center all the way to the sidelines and front and back of the line of scrimmage. Your body's the same way, right? So everything comes from the strength, the stability comes from 
your inner core, your spine, that area, and you want to build that bridge all the way out to, and the farther it gets away, the more important the stability is. So we talked about shoulders and we talked a lot about the muscles that support the shoulder and, you know, not trying to really retch on them and flex them out as far as getting um, flexibility, but to just try to gradually increase range of motion. And uh, for you guys listening out there with your coaches or linemen, another, uh, just a, so um, another bunch of information supporting that you need to stay tight. I see so many guys that just want to have their hands wide and that you're just so vulnerable to injuries out there and you're just not very strong. That's bad things happen when you're, when your hands get way outside. So um, Nolan, thank you so much. I know we can probably talk about this for days, but yeah. you know, some great stuff. So thank you so much for coming on. Anyone's out there listening. Um, you can find our stuff on anywhere you find podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. If you're watching this video, subscribe to our channel, like, share, retweet, all the, the stuff you do on social media. And if you have any sort of pain when you're moving, call Nolan at Midwest Movement out there in Elkhorn. Um, I'll, I'll include the link in the captions wherever you're finding this. And Nolan loves to help athletes. He's a college athlete himself, and um, he likes to get people back on the field. And we sure do appreciate it, Nolan. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And hopefully we, we – People out there listening and watching will learn a lot. And if they do have any hiccups, they're going to come see you. Awesome. I love it. Appreciate it, Chris. All right, guys. Um, thanks again for listening and for watching. And stay tuned as we continue to provide information and how to build alignment and how to train and develop superior alignment to dominate on the gridiron at the Bober Academy. So we will see you guys next time.